0: Welcome to episode 338 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode three hundred and thirty eight of I am talk with Coach John Newsome and Bevan James Isles. How you go, mate? am right, pretty good, Bevan. Pretty good. Gotta remember how to do this. We haven't done it for a few weeks. Yeah. We, what, three right? weeks. Yeah, three weeks? Yeah. yeah. Pre-recorded. Yeah. We weren't here for the post Collins Cup.
1: We are now. But we, we are we...
0: Now, our talk is proudly brought to you by Form Goggles. You get the, the most accurate real-time metrics, hundreds of guided workouts, and lap by lap motivation. You can check them out at www.formswim.com. And our patrons, we've got Volker, the Vascular Viking; Volt uh, Deal, the Wizard of Triathlon; Tillman, and then we've got Glenn, the Green as uh, the Red Bean Machine; Osmond. Uh, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got a really cool interview, actually. We have. We're talking from to Dan
1: from Form Goggles. He founded the company and is the CEO.
0: That's like, I love talking to people like that. Pretty high level guy. Pretty, uh, pretty insightful. Interesting. Yeah. So you, I think you'll really enjoy the interview. Uh, website of the week, wearing the week, and a couple of questions at the end. Okay, Jonbo Collins Cup. We're, we're a week behind, so we're kind of giving our, our thoughts on it a week late. But John, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, going into it, I was pretty pumped. I was seeing the build up's been good. There was lots of uh, lots of media going out in terms of, um, you know. With what's going on pre-race and stuff, and various different interviews. I thought I did a good job there. Bevan's just throwing my computer devices all well, around. Well, because I don't want you to
0: forget it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because what happens, you'll get home,
1: you'll pull out, oh, I left it at Bevan's house. Um, anyway, I thought the build-up was really good. Obviously, we had, had in the back of mind, you're thinking Europe's just going to dominate, and whatever happens, they're probably still going to win. But when I saw the matchups that came out, I thought, hang on a minute. This could be quite close. Some of these mm. could go could go either way. So my first reaction is was yeah, this could be closer than antici- anticipated. However, didn't turn out that way.
0: Wait and a second. Let's uh, let's look at the build up because one there was one cool thing in the build up. The build up they do pretty well actually. You know the yep go ahead how they pick them and all the rest of it. But the tension in the Sanders, Everyone's Sam Long. That ten- yeah, and, yeah, that was
1: and, great. And Sam Ladlow. I, we Almost went a bit too far. I like uh, a bit that, of shit to but, it. was but
0: like. That, <laughs> that draws attention to the sport. Mm. Like, we need that. Mm. You know, was, admittedly, the young guy was a bit of a fool. <laughs> but <laughs> but i off a like, bit more than he could chew. Yeah, but yeah, have got a lovely young ambition. Yes. Um, and I thought, like, that's interest. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and no one's getting hurt.
1: Yep. You know. So, anyway, uh, I put up a post on our Facebook page for people to do their picks. Um, and a lot of people. Got it wrong, myself included. I'm glad I did not put any money down on this because uh, race one, what which you was- Why right, didn't you run the picks? No, they, I put a, put a little form in and I oh, uh, okay. just wanted to see what people thought. So race one was uh, Duffy versus Reef versus Sarah True. And Reef was a large- it. No, we'll, go, we'll talk about what people were picking first. Okay. But I picked Florida Duffy. I thought she was going to crush it. Uh, 90% of these people did too, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, I wouldn't say 90%. i would say about 70%, 75% maybe One, picked Duffy. And not many got it two, right. Three, uh, everyone then picked um, Sarah True to be third pretty much. Although... Um, one person picked um, Danielle Reef to be third. Uh, in the second race, a lot of people got that one right too. They said Ashley Gentle was going to win, and she did. A few picked Laura Phillip. Um, she ended up second, and most people picked Chelsea Sodaro for, for third. Uh, the third match, again, um, fairly predictable. A lot of people picked Paula Finlay. A few people picked Cat Matthews. Um, and then, yeah, as we went through, most people picked Nicholas Spurg to win match four. That was fairly predictable. Most people picked Holly Lawrence to win match five. Um, a lot of people picked Anne How to win match six. Okay, I can't even uh, remember who won what. So and Anne How uh, took, took that one out. Yep. Uh, then it came to the the, the boys racing, and Pretty much. Quite a most few people picked, um, a reasonable number no. picked Hayden Wilde, myself included. Four or included. five. Yeah, myself included. Yeah, well, that, that, uh, yeah. It was just because I wanted him to win. And then it came to, to match eight. And I initially picked... Lionel Sanders, but I changed it to Sam Long. Um. I think Lionel Sanders had COVID, They'd uh, mean, so I got that wrong. Um, but there was a mixture there. Quite a few people picked Sam Laidlow to, to take that out after his Smackdown talk. Um, and then in the following races, I picked Rudy Van von Berg. He got taken down big time by Magnus Stitlev and there was a bit of a mix in the pickings there. Most people picked Aaron Royal to win his race, and he did. Although, actually, I <laughs> went out on a limb, I thought, No. I'm picking Patrick Langer. I always bag him. I'm picking him. He's going to come good, and he was miserable. He wasn't great at this distance. I know, but I I, just—I thought I'm—I'm never. We're never not that nice to him on the show, and he delivers in Kona. You're not that nice to him on this show. I think he's a legend. Um, and he has delivered at other races, but at Half Man's I don't think he's ever delivered a, a good He's not race. Their next level in Half Ironman, uh, Did anybody not pick Gustav? No, no have a no. 100% record there on Gustav. Who got second in that race? Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure it was Matt Hanson. Okay. And Jackson Laundrie was third. In the last race, um, I picked Daniel Beckengard, uh, but there was a, it was quite a big spread. A lot of people picking um, Braden Curry there. I'd say 50-50 between Daniel Bechengard and Braden Curry, and that was another non-event, and Chris Lieferman was in third. So yeah, there was a, some, some good picks, Some um, if we had to pick the, the, the time gaps, I think we would have all done miserably. We'll go into that in a moment though. It's so a pre-race, I was thinking game on, this is looking quite good, I think there's a number of races here where the internationals and the um, Americans a little bit could take this down. Didn't end out that Americans way. Really
0: didn't deliver at all, did they? No, no. the
1: course. Um, it was. I thought it was a, a, a not much nicer course than last year in terms of the bike ride. They were riding through the countryside, but it had no atmosphere. Um, it, it was. How do, you do,
0: how do you do that? Because if you get it, like you need a you need a smaller course, but then you can't do that because cause it's, there's too many races hit. So you're in a no-win situation. Yeah. I don't know but how you. Need, you, do you need it. something that makes it a bit more visually stimulating, like a crowd or, mm. I don't know, like it's. Or do they put a hard hill in it, so you have like a rote kind of silly hill?
1: Yeah, I'll go into that in a moment when I give my my thoughts. Um, the, and and look, the big thing for this event was the racing was, and I don't want to be negative. I had a really interesting comment from a guy I was running with last week. He says, "You know what?" I really want to like this. <laughs> I think that's the problem, <laughs> and, and I really want to like it. Yeah. And and I, I listened to another podcast yesterday. I really don't listen to other triathlon podcasts. But I thought I'll see what these guys are talking about the Collins Cup. And there's not a lot of positivity in terms of. I haven't heard anybody come away going, "That was amazing. That was wicked." I just don't think they've got the product right. Yeah. You know? So and the, the problem this year compared to last year. Last year we had quite a few reasonably good races. Yep. This year one. There was one. Oh, it was one in a, in a sort of one on the, the females because, uh, what's her name, Ashley Gentle did have to come from behind to win her race against Laura Phillip, who was a really good runner, yep. but every, the, the, the time gaps were just gigantic. So a lot of people think, oh, the coverage was, I thought it was a lot better, Um but you can't cover races when there's, there's these gigantic gaps. Mm. It was um, that was the biggest thing for me. So I thought the race day coverage was way better. It was still really hard to follow, and I think they probably did sort of
0: did almost the best they could. But then they had that problem of someone's coming to the finish line. So, like, I think when Sanders and um, Sam Long were kind of shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder mm. and they had to go to watch someone finish a race, which won by Country Mile, mm. and, and there was a pivotal moment in that race. I think when they were back, Sanders was in front by a bit. So mm. you lost that moment of the breakaway and it was kind of like, so it's just there's just too much going on.
1: And, again, when I listen to this other, these other guys talking about it um, – Apparently they did have lots of cameras out there, and but apparently well, you need they, to because you need twelve oh, cameras for crazy. each race. I, I don't know if they had twelve, but they would have. They would have had a lot out there. But it just seemed they focused on the swim a lot. And I was like, oh, why don't we go and see the bike? I want to see what's happening with Hayden Wild and Christian Blumenfeld. Yeah. And if surely there's something that's got to be happening there. It sounds like that they, yeah, they must. There must be a problem or a reason why. There's not lots of data on the screen, like because you've got so many cameras. I don't know. Now, the can you, and outs go on, of can you go online and watch that? It was an app, but who's going on an app? I mean, seriously, the hardcore. You'd you could be, you be able to follow things on the app and, and you'd have all the data you want. But, I mean, I'm. Now, were say, you watching on what, on your laptop? No, I wasn't it? watching it live. So that was. That oh, so I watched problem. it live.
0: Did you just stay up in the middle of the night? I stayed up. <laughs> I was in Australia.
1: Jesus. Um, it, it kind of I started. slightly like, better. It started like, like 10 or something. Yeah, it started about 11 p.m. over here.
0: Yeah, because I basically. I was still kind of on New Zealand time, but I thought, you know, what, I'm going to try and watch it. So we went to bed, and Joe was in bed. So I just put my phone to bed and watched him in bed. And I, probably, I managed to probably watch about two hours of it. Mm-hmm. I was pretty tired. And yeah. it wasn't getting me awake. <laughs> well, the one thing that I,
1: again why I got excited when I first started watching it is coming out of the swim, a lot of the athletes were all together coming out of the swim, yep. and I thought, game on, this is going to be awesome. And then it was just dojo dominations. Yeah, yeah. So that was disappointing. The challenge I had was I got up Sunday morning and I arranged to do a group ride on Zwift with a with a few other guys and got up and thinking the race is finished. I'll have to it's watch gonna it. It's going to be on PTO. I'm going to watch it. And it wasn't. Oh no, you couldn't you could? Uh, they didn't release it for multiple days. And so I was going, oh Is shit! Because I think in the morning I, I turned up and I flicked through it. Um, pretty sure, or well, I could, I could not access it. And
0: I did because I because I, I didn't see Sanders finish. And so in the morning I watched it. Maybe, mm. maybe it was just on my phone or something. Yeah, but w- what I ended up—maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I woke up in the morning and what... maybe I fell asleep. I can't remember what I did, but I definitely saw Sanders. Like I'd, I'd go back later and watch it if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah.
1: So. Um, I think there's a challenge that they. Could, that I'm sure
0: they would have wanted to have the data. It's really hard, John, because like young Sam, he came up to me after the gym after day, He goes, "What do you think, Collins Cup?" And I know I'm crapping on a lot. You know, I know that most of the feedback I'm giving is a bit. Mm, it's not really selling it for me yet. Mm. Um, and, and I want to be the number one fan. Mm. It's, it's really hard because it's hard not to. You know, I haven't seen the one out, and that's what I said to Sam. I said, "What? Well, I, I did watch a lot of the race. Um, if I wasn't a triathlete, would I want to watch it?" <laughs> you know it's the one hour package have you seen the one hour package yeah it's just highlights it's not it doesn't tell a story like Iron Man and that's why I I saw the one hour
1: highlights package and I thought I'll have a quick look at that yeah because that that was what I was curious to see and it's a highlights package of the event as it sounds but what I want to see is one that tells a story like like the Iron Man coverage so uh, and it doesn't do that so I thought well Oh, yeah, again, again, was,
0: you, you put a post on Facebook, and I, and I can't remember where I read it, but it was someone basically, you know, are you as interested in Collins Cup as Kona or something like that? Maybe mm. we put up. And people were saying, well, people in their local triathlon club don't really know about Collins Cup much. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, that's fascinating. Mm. You know, like I get it, my mum's not going to know about Collins Cup. Mm. You know, my mate Jeff, who loves sport, he doesn't even know about it, and he loves like cycling. Yeah. But if people in a local triathlon club don't know about it, so I like, uh, and things I like about it is I,
1: I like the concept of it. You know, three different, uh, you know, geographical areas going head to head, yep. and and I, I just like. What's that. the format? And, and I and I like the one on one side of it. Do you, uh, but do you, but is it at, is it better at, just to a team race? Yeah, uh, uh, we'll come to what I think they should do. Okay. But I, I I like the concept. I'm just going. It's just not that good a watch. To for, for the athletes and the athletes all go it's fantastic they're there because they're, they're getting paid lots of money and it sounds like an amazing experience it's a cool experience yeah. there's limited Comradery, limited team. pressure yeah. you, yes you have to perform yes they're, they're all going full noise yeah. like they are max. they out. respect the race respect the race but they're not going to prepare specifically for that event I don't think because what's what's on the line you you win your race but you're going to get paid regardless are you going to prepare the same way you do for Kona is or it, is it you just, just do an Ironman Okay. Here we go. I'm um, giving with the ideas. Just a that couple of the other things in terms of the future. I can't see Europe not being dominant forever, <laughs> because yeah, I look at the production line of athletes coming through, and you just look at Europe, and you just go mate, your C team is still going to be competitive here and you're just going to have so many more athletes coming through. So do we through. need to
0: change the geo, you know, the boundaries? No, I don't know how you do that. Well, if you put UK and in international, mm, but yeah. then America's always going to be...
1: America's always going to be weak. I, I don't see any American athletes coming through. And the internationals, you're going to have one here or there. You know, like this year, Hayden Wilde potentially could have smoked it, but I don't see it being competitive. What were your thoughts on him? Um, he, just, he, well, doesn't he have endurance. been sick. Oh, had well, so, Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Okay. He was, it was always going to be a roll of the dice, and if he was 100%, maybe he'd be right. But um,
0: Okay, just before we go into what we think should wh- – who do who you – okay, top five performances. Uh, top five performances. thought Felt was amazing.
1: Uh, I tell you, the other ex- real excitement for me was was the match – which one was it? It was the last of the females. So that was Anne Haug versus Jackie Herring versus, versus Tamara Jewett. Tamara Jewett, we've talked about her on the show before and we've had her on – she is an absolute weapon on the run. She's mm. got pretty much all the fastest run splits and absolutely killing it. And hats off to her. She, she's a non swimmer and she came out of the swim with Jackie Herring and Ann Haug. Hale. Ann Haug's not the greatest swimmer, um, but she came out with them and she stuck with them on the bike. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a boil She Ann Haug is an amazing runner, but tomorrow Jewett could outrun her. Um, Looks like she played all pretty much all the cards on the on bike, bike yeah. but she still did extremely well. So I'd say she was probably one of the performances of the day. Um, you can't go past Daniela Reef like she just yeah. annihilated really everybody. Did, didn't she? And do we know who had the fastest times? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. And but what I think you've got to look at the times with a really big asterisk because it sounds Different like the reason. conditions changed massively. Oh, okay. So Daniel Beckingard, who started in the last group, apparently their conditions were way, way worse. So um, Daniela Reef was the first first to go, and she was the fastest. Asher Gentle was second, and Paula Finlay. Uh, Nicola Spurik, she looked so fast on the run. She only ended up with the eighth fastest run, but my God, she looked like she was uh, running really quick at times. Uh, so I'd say... Those are some of my
0: highlights. So, Reef have the fastest? No, she didn't have the fastest swim, but she's the like, second she fastest swim. amazing swim. swim. The third fastest swim, fastest bike, and fastest run. Oh, no, she didn't have the fastest run. She now, she the four,
1: fourth fastest run. Um, <clears throat>
0: and the guy's brilliant in, in was... In terms of the
1: disappointments on the, the, the female side, oh, I so want a Flora Duffy to absolutely annihilate it, and she did really poorly. I don't know why, um, but she you know, she's, she's the 13th fastest bike time when... ITU level, world triathlon level, she
0: just crushes everybody. Do you think the extra distance does affect these guys? What uh, do you just think it's...
1: I don't know if it was the distance. I don't know if, if she'd been sick. It sounds like a huge number of the athletes have been sick and injured since uh, uh, the okay. PTO race in Canada. Uh, and then I, the other one I'll give some credit, Jocelyn McCauley, she had third fastest bike split, 10th fastest time overall, second in her race. Um, I thought that was a really impressive performance. But yeah, Flora Duffy was disappointing and then Sophie Watts, for some reason, had a had a DNF on the guys' side of it. Um, yeah, you just got to take your head off to Sam... Uh, Sam Long and Lionel Sanders, they just caned it out there really um, did. Really shoulder fun. to shoulder all day basically yeah no that was uh, that was pretty impressive and the other one that i picked to do quite well was Rudy von Berg he's coming back from sickness, he only managed to get tenth um fastest time in and the mens in
0: the men's race the fastest times we were bloomer he he came in first overall, he won by two minutes over Gustav again they weren't racing the same races, so it's not really comparable, but Sam long and Lionel Sanders Lionel and Sam long and then Magnus Liv was fifth hmm
1: so so who were you, who, who were you most impressed with Daniela Daniela, Tamara Jewett, Jocelyn McCauley, these are the ones who I thought had really really awesome races, and then on the boys side, yeah Sanders and long um I think people thought they were going to get for whatever reason you're thinking they might get beaten, but they're consistently the best seventy point three or two of the best seventy point three athletes in the world you've um, got to
0: love sanders like you, you know like he's a, he's a polarizing figure, but I think for really good reasons hmm. and um and long they're both both sanders and long um they don't beat around the bush, do they? No. But, mate, they deliver. But Sanders, mate, if you go into war, you want everyone one beside you, don't you? <laughs> you don't want to be given up. Uh, you don't want to be... Because there was a moment where Long got in
1: front of him, and I thought, yeah. shit, he's cracked him. Yeah, and Long's a beautiful runner. Yeah. I don't think it's all over, but it's never all over with, when you're racing Sanders. He's, it's just, just, uh, he's just a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. That was impressive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the other thing, I think, for next year, unless they move... The course, um, this year you had quite a few athletes on the sidelines because they had the world long-distance champs okay. the next day. Yep. So that meant for a bit more atmosphere around the finish area. But next year, they won't be there. I'm sure there'll be an age group race, but there'll be a lot less. But that's what's really lacking as well as crowds on the course. And um, I'll talk about it a bit later on, but there was a World Cup race in... Bergen and Norway at the weekend. And when you see that and you see like the Commonwealth Games and those streets lined yeah, with people, awesome. that's what we've got to do. It makes
0: a more visual stimulating experience for the viewer at home. And for the athletes, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so what okay, what's the future, John?
1: Well let's 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 say there was I think there was one point five million euros or something like that up on okay. offer, or it might have been US dollars on offer at the weekend. You've you got to think, oh, maybe there's another million there in production and all that sort of yep. stuff. Just so, it's three million bucks. so I'm saying three million bucks to run that event. I reckon what they should do is take that three million bucks and do an iron distance race somewhere middle of the season attach really good points to it um, and that affects your end of year bonus have an age group race on saturday and then sunday have a multi-lap ironman race with you know the, the, the same sort of size field maybe the top 40 athletes or whatever make it so good that the athletes are going yeah this is basically kona you know they're just below kona but make sure everybody because everyone was at this race the only people that wasn't there was Fredino and maybe brownlee and they're both injured yeah, or, so they couldn't be, there. couldn't be there regardless but the thing
0: is john charles when he the thing we're going back to charles who's kind of the founder of this whole thing he loved the rider cup yeah you know and so he was like the rider cups this really cool sporting event it, it pits you know regions against regions do we need to let go of that
1: well, you could you could have your cake and eat it with this because what you do, you'd um, you'd still have a, a component there. You just do a straight race, and it's a point scoring race, and you'd have Europe, America, internationals, whatever, and and you know you get whatever points for first and whatever points for for thirtieth. So, so Europe, that, Europe are going to win regardless. What, yeah. um, but you could still have have that. But I, I'm just thinking I would be much more engaged in just watching a race when all the best guys are there on an awesome course. So I reckon what they do is you go to challenge road, you ask Felix, can you move the age group race to Saturday? You've got five thousand whatever spectators um athletes plus all the, the people that are there anyway. Or oh, they
0: race it on Saturday the day before the race.
1: Yeah. Um but then you don't want to I don't want to be standing
0: around particularly
1: the day oh, before an nine distance yeah. race. Well there's a
0: lot of people want to stand around after either.
1: Yeah you got you put up a deck chair. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> put it this way if I'm going to rote and there's a race the next day, I'm watching it. And you're bringing and, your deck chair. And I'm bringing my deck chair. You do like a three-lap swim where you come out of the water yeah, A lot time. of people overseas would take that because yeah. deck sounds funny. I know. So you just yeah. <laughs> um, You do a multi-lap bike so 20 or 30 k's, and you see it like rose in some of the yeah. races. You'd have massive crowds. It would be like the Tour de France. And then you have laps of 10 k, and you do an iron-distance race with a good crowd, and, but big money, just enough reasons for everybody to go yep I'm doing this as well as doing Kona um, and you could still have that Europe versus US versus internationals
0: are there but, other options is, is there an option of doing a 12 man team Ironman yeah which was draft legal
1: yeah well,
0: I, I kind of think being there done
1: that with the, the sub 7 sub 8 I mean yeah, yeah but,
0: no but sub 7 sub 8 you didn't really have three teams racing each other
1: no um, like if you had Europe would it be closer no I don't think so no. It would probably be less close no. because Europe would just
0: be so dominant. has that done problem. Because so the, the thing about just going to do an Ironman is, is there's a dynamic of you're watching lots of things happening in a race. Mm. Whereas well, if you did teams a team's event, if one team dominates, it's boring.
1: So I th- I th- I've sort of tried to think of all the different ways I could do this. You could maybe have the... In terms of, if you're going to go, we're still doing the Collins Cup and we're going to tweak it. You go maybe men on one day, women on another day, and then you've got more scope to to show more of the
0: I just don't know if it the makes much competition the way format is.
1: Yeah, you could do a, a you know, talk to, when we've had Craig Alexander on, maybe you do some sort of team time trial. I don't know. I
0: the on the, the three-man race or three-person race, I don't know if that works mm. because at the end of the day… Most races, one person is going to dominate. Mm. You know, and that's what we found this time. Mm. You know, whereas we, if you have, as you say, if you have the the top twenty or top even just top, how many would you need if you did it at road? Oh, you would probably go th- probably thirty. 30 okay, so 40, top thirty, 30 like in, that. in each yeah. sex. Yeah. Um, if you're the top thirty, there's going to be lots of interesting things, story happening in the race. You still might mm. get one athlete dominates, although, mm. you know, often that's not the case. Mm. You know, now you could just say, well, it's just Kona. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's not quite there, is it?
1: No. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see if they just go, yeah, we're gonna do it again. Do that's you think?
0: And let's let's say who's the real target market is TV to production companies yeah. or or providers? Yeah. Do you think they're going? I need the Collins Cup. No, not at all. And so w- that's the that's the question we need to figure out mm. is what's that point where they go, mate? We need this on TV. Mm. And the, and if you
1: had a a product at Roat and you see these massive crowds yeah. and stuff, I just think. That would get people more engaged. And yeah, every race you go to, say you've got 30 people lining up, five of those people are going to be absolutely rubbish. Five of them are going to be below average. Yep. Ten will be okay. And ten might have good race at most. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'd see some some good racing. Yeah, you, if you put an Ironman on, Daniela Reef in that sort of form is probably going to go and crush it off the front. But you could probably still have enough interesting matchups racing for second and third and stuff to make it still interesting. Yeah. Um, Other than that, if somebody gets more than three minutes in front, you taser them and tell them to slow (laughs) down. Okay. (laughs) See, that would be interesting. That would get people watching. Yeah. You know, something like Japanese game show. Yeah. Um, A few comments we sort of had in terms of um, from listeners. Uh, Clive Astman said, hard to follow the races with no splits, distance covered or could do. Could do much better. Laylo created interest in this race, otherwise kind of dull. Pike Redden said instead of uh, individual races, should do teams of three, men and women. They can work together as a team. Teams can draft off each other, but not off other teams. Easier to film and follow with four matches. I think that I would be interested in, in watching that. Um, teams of three? Hmm. So three teams of four, no, four, four teams of three.
0: And would they all start at the same time? Like, like, do you get everyone to start at the same time and you've actually got, it's about... It's I think kind of like, you'd still have, say, four matches. But what if whatever, you did still three, three. at the same time and you had to stay within a certain space of the other three athletes? On you a I mean? team? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's you, me, and Phil, Phil and Ada. Yeah. And there's 10 other teams. So this Yeah. Is, or, or let's say, you know, we all start at the same time, mm-hmm. but you, we th- we have to stay within a certain distance of each other at all stages. Oh, you've got to draft off each other. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, all three have got a, That's That's the whole idea of a team time trial. You do the whole thing together. But have, if you had started everybody together, practically it's impossible on the bike to, to keep everybody separate. Yeah, so you'd have, ma- again, you'd have matches. So instead of having six matches of guys, you'd have um, two matches of guys
0: or or three matches or something, yeah, think something Okay, that. here's a question. Okay, so you keep going. What
1: are the um, other ones? Uh, Huachin said it's hard to know what's going on in each race, so they should maybe show distance to um, bike finish, run finish, swim finish, maybe have men and women on separate days, which is a good idea. Um, As the women were filmed crossing the line, we missed uh, a lot of the men's action. Quad screen, please. and yep. the last one I'll do Ben Jones great if you're a tri-geek other than that not the atmosphere data or edge needed for the wider audience To I enjoyed having it in the background all afternoon but compared to Super League or Mixed
0: Team Relay it's going to be hard to hold attention Do you think we're actually going to see any innovation next year? You think Because so? let's be honest I, I don't understand the tri podcast but you said the other people were probably on the same page as us Yeah and if, everyone I've spoken to is the same. It's like, yeah, it was... And what was it? What you do your guys say? I want to like it. I want, I want to like it. Yeah, It's a problem. <laughs> and we're triathletes. You know, so do you, do you think next year we're going to see the same thing? Or do you think they're, they're going to hear what the audience is saying and saying, Don't actually, I. we need to do something quite dramatic?
1: I think they've got to do something quite dramatic because, yeah, if they put stats on the screen, that would have been really nice. Yep. It would have been nice to know what's going on. Wouldn't have changed things much. Um, if they had a few more spectators, it would have changed it a bit. Yeah, that's got to be pretty major. And
0: even the director, the, director sh- the criteria for the director is dramas first, finishes the second. Mm. You know, because let's be honest, if they had data on the screen saying Ashley was coming in for the win right now, but you're seeing Lionel and, and Sam Long racing shoulder to shoulder, you, mm. you don't care about Ashley Gentry coming across the finish line. Mm. Or you have a split screen that shows her, but you want to see the drama of the race. Now, mm. the problem was, that was kind of the only drama. Mm. You know, so the, the the real question I have is: Do we actually do, will we see massive innovation at this time next year, mm-hmm. where they are willing to shift the format? Because it, it it just seems like it's not working. Absolutely, great. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be negative. I want to no, be I want, this Totally, <laughs> like we, we we want to be the greatest champions of it. Yeah, like you know, this, the PTO is the best thing that's happened to the sport in the last how long? Probably like, twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we want it to be successful. Um, but we're just giving good, honest, constructive feedback. That's yep. what we're doing. Okay, John, there were a few races happen since we've been away. Ironman Sweden happened. Brownlee. Brownley's back. Smashed it. Smashed it.
1: Did a 7.38.47. Uh, swam 44. Rode a 4.09. Ran a 2.40. So that's pretty impressive. Peter Henrik was in second place uh, eight minutes back. Lost that on the run. Looks like he probably rode with Brown, swam and, ro- and rode with Brownlee, and then Brownlee ran that 2.40. Uh, so with
0: that, what's your thoughts on Brownlee for Kona now? Uh, Is it too soon, to Kona?
1: I just, I want, again, I want, I want <laughs> him to crush it and I reckon he'll be right there after the bike. Um, but have just, you've seen him fail so many times of iron distance. Uh, I don't think he'll get the nutrition and the heat right. So, okay, so you, uh, you find it hard it to get It could be a factor. It's one of those guys. You'll say something like that, and then he'll go and crush you. Yeah,
0: if he wins it, you go, Well, we're not surprised, but yeah, you wouldn't put your money on him right now. We'll not be putting money on okay, him, but he's, got, he's got the ticket, he's got the chance. We've also got the long distance, uh, world, dif- world long distance triathlon champs, and a bit of a surprise here because Lucy Charles raced
1: and a couple of weeks ago oh. she started walking. And I'm just like, What the f-, f is going on
0: there? Well, she did it right, and she won it, yeah, so and she, it's a Pellet Brown, so it wasn't a schmuck,
1: yeah, and she ran a 105, which was equal, um, best run, well, basically... The fastest.
0: The, oh, no, second fastest. The, the second fastest run, but bloody oh, I like the way they're doing their stats now. It makes it easy for us, doesn't it? It does. So yeah. Lucy
1: Charles took it out in front of Emma Pallant. Um, Sarissa Devers, um was in third place. I mean, Lucy Charles' bike was the fourth fastest bike split and we've seen her absolutely caned it on the bike previously. So her biking's obviously not there, but bloody impressive running. So it'd be really interesting to see what, if she goes to Kona or not. Um, but cons- yeah, I just I remember like literally a couple of weeks ago, yeah. she's like, "I'm back training and I'm I'm like run walking and then you go and do a bloody, uh turn. How long is this? 80k bike, 20k run. Like, how the hell do you do that?
0: Okay, we Pierre Lacour
1: also- took out the the boys' race. Um, he sat behind the other fellas on the bike and then crushed it on the run. Good strategy. Uh, we have Mount Tromblin. Uh, Mont Tremblant in Canada uh, Haley Chira took out the females uh, and then on the boys side uh, Colin Chartier beat Josh Amberger uh, in the closing stages
0: of the run and Cody Beals was in third place uh, then we also had I was thinking about Ombra Man Ombra Man
1: uh, Barbara Rivera dojo, not quite a dojo dom- domination, she was 17 minutes in front of Justine Mathieu and then Nick on uh, took out the boys race. close racing, 41 seconds in front of Kenneth Peterson, the American hats off to Kenneth Peterson to go over there and compete with those guys because uh, Ombra man is insanely tough on the bike course, Cameron Brown was over there and just went holy business, uh, not particularly well yeah. um, a yeah but really really tough bike course you go multiple ma- mountain passes and when someone's winning an Ironman man in nine hours and thirty minutes that tells you how hard it is uh, so good on them good money um every year at that race uh, where, what was cam-, cam Brown wasn't listed on what I can see but he I think he was
0: just in front of Barbara Rivera, so I think um, i'm in I'm in uh, Ireland had yeah, it's an interesting situation happened. So, officially at this stage, although this maybe has been confirmed or would have been confirmed by now, um, but uh, who was it? Simone, Simone Mitchell won the race, but there's a DQ happened. So, what do you know the story behind this?
1: Yeah, the woman who won it, and that's probably the names in the article that I haven't it's, gotten uh, in front of me. Steve,
0: I'm going to say Sevja Tors. Mm, good luck with that one. S E V N J A. Oh, yeah. how that one, Sneezy? All um, right,
1: sorry, <laughs> I was just sneezing. <laughs> anyway, she got DQ'd for uh, Svenja. Svenja, Svenja that she got DQ'd for outside assistance. I don't really know the inside uh, story of that, but I assume she just got handed something. It's probably more of an outside <laughs> story. Yeah, for no, a old. week, <laughs> got uh, got handed something. I assume that's what happened, and got DQ'd. So unfortunate for that her. Would suck. Would yeah, no, that would the, really I mean, suck. if you get if you get DQ'd after
0: the bike and you haven't done the run, but when you've done the whole run, yeah, and you've won uh, it. Oh, Oh. You come up with the finishers, and say, Oh, by the way, uh, Jeff Simons took out I Man Canada. That was on yesterday, so it was an
1: age group only race. So, Jeff Simons is still listed as a pro. Uh, that's the first time I've seen his name for years, yeah. so I'm not quite sure why. Tell uh, me, tell me about him, Mike. Um, a name from the past. Yeah, well, he was always a really good, uh, really good runner, just a good, good solid athlete. Um, but I Pretty sure he lives in Penticton or he lives somewhere okay. close by. Uh, so he, yeah, unsurprisingly took that out by 20 minutes, but good to see good to see it back in, in Canada. The first age group was in second place, and he was the only man to go under nine hours, did uh, eight hours 59.15. It's a pretty old, tough old course over there. Uh, Corey Mayfield in the 25 to 29 age group. And if I pull up the females. Ah, oh, come
0: on. Wait, see, oh, no, that's, 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 that's not the same race. Let's
1: pause. I've got to give oh. the
0: female some love. Okay, pause. Wait it second, pause.
1: On the female side, I had to resort to going to the app, Jay Cullen from LP Endurance. She did a dojo domination, ran a 3.16 to nice. win in 10.08.05 was 20 minutes and 51 seconds in front of second place and she swam 104 biked
0: 542 and ran a 316 nice okay we've got some other news um following the completion of the collins cup the pto world rankings switched to a 52 week rolling system so what does that mean john Oh, it basically means
1: we get start to get rid of all the COVID sort of results and we ha- hope oh, have okay. an accurate, sort of, uh, accurate series of So it starts from this week basically. So yeah. it goes
0: from Collins Cup to Collins Cup, not the beginning of the year through to the end of the year.
1: So you have three um, points scoring races and your best full distance race, you get an extra 10% um, for that. So that's try to encourage or try to help out the long course athletes who probably don't do quite so well at short course ones. Um, so Anne Haug is actually ranked number one, which is kind of interesting because she's – She's done Challenge Rope the last couple of years and absolutely annihilated it and just got ginormous points yeah. for it. So for for Rope this year where she went 822, which is only, it was only a fraction off Chrissy's record. It wasn't it 818, Chrissy's record? Yeah, it's 818. she actually get yeah. 131 points for Jeez. that, which is mental when you consider Daniela Reif for the, well, I suppose for the World Long Distance Champs, she got 137 points. Okay, there you go. Um. But, yeah, so Anne Haug is ranked number one, Daniela Reef number two, Laura Phillip number three, Kat Matthews four, and Lucy Charles is still managing. So, so you don't it, get you points know. for Collins Cup? You do get points for Collins Cup, but for in her case, she, her points for Collins Cup were a Oh, I'm sorry, Daniela did this Daniela got 113 okay. points for her crushing at the Collins Cup. Mm. You could say that's the Collins Cup stuff, mm. Should you get points for that? Because again, you're not. It's not a like-for-like like race. Like no. again, for the people that raced early, their conditions are quite different to the ones. And that And also, only twelve later. athletes get to race
0: it. Mm. Although lots of races only. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. So boy side of it. things, is dominating. He is indeed. Uh. So he's up number one. Number
0: one. Gustav Ehren, Gustav number two,
1: Magnus Dittlev number three, Lionel Sanders four, and Alistair Brownlee has shot up 187 places to be number five. So he got huge points for that Ironman Sweden result, whether you agree with that or not. He got 114 um, points for that. And if we compare that to, say, let's say... Sanders? Sanders? Uh, no, let yeah, it's yeah. has got one
0: nineteen for his his. What did he get? Third George, place, didn't he? Uh,
1: he's got second at St George, so yeah, he got um a few more points for second at St George compared to Alistair Brownlee's crushing last weekend. So you're always going to get a few little results here that are a little bit off, I reckon. Yep.
0: but I still I like the system.
1: Yeah, it works uh, pretty well. It's
0: it's good. Some other big news, in case you didn't already know, which I didn't actually because I've been a little bit out of touch, is that Frodo is out of Kona, which I think is really interesting, John, because. I think we've seen the last of Kona. It's Frodo. Like, like he might turn up next year, but it'd be pretty hard to put money on him. To well, to now.
1: I I would say that. To, so if you don't know, he, he had, it sounded like he had a bike crash and then he had a pretty major operation. There's Achilles, wasn't it? No, no, this is a different one. Okay. Uh, so he's had he's had a major operation. So he's he's KO'd for a while. Um, so what I'd say to that is him against Blumenfeld and Eden when they're on fire and Kona. If they if they perform in Conan, we don't know that mm. yet.
0: They perform everywhere else. Blumenfeld, you'd say, would.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. If, if they perform over there, that, that, then great. However, next year, I don't know that they're going or not because I think they'll be focusing on, on
0: Paris. Oh, so you think Blumenfeld will, is going to the Olympics? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, without doubt. Okay. Yeah, no, he's definitely definitely said that he is. Okay. Um, Well, that's what he's, he's saying at this stage. Yep. And you take those two out of the equation, and then I go, well, even if Frodo's not at his best, I'd still put money on him to... To, to win that against those two, maybe not, but against another everybody else the track. Sorry, another year down the track. Another year down the track, but this—that's only another year. If he—if he, yeah, befo- but the thing is, if he performs like he did in rote this year, he would have gone amazingly well. And if he rehabs from this perfectly well, one year down the track. But he didn't finish rote, did he? No, but it, 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 the way he biked and swam, and if he'd been able to run there, but the is, pa-
0: is in the part of his career which. Ultimate injury is killing his career. Because hmm, really, he
1: hasn't. When was the last time he put a real good race together? Well, he, last year, when he did the um, did that challenge with with Sanders, when he went bloody seven twenty, whatever it was. Um, was it mid last or, year? It wasn't it. Yeah. So that's again. That's only a year away. This year, he hasn't hasn't has he raced? Has yeah, because he, he's race? injured all the time. He so he's injured. So what I'm saying is, yes, he's going to slow down because of age. If he turns up injury free and has a good build up. I'm still
0: putting money on him. Uh, okay, so let's not, make a prediction Yeah, Do you think he's going to be competitive in Kona next year? Actually, turn up and be competitive?
1: Yeah, but it, I wouldn't. If, if Blumenfeld and Eden racing, I'd put my money on them before him. Yep. If they're not racing, I'd put money on them. I wouldn't put it at the bank on them like you used to. Yep. But he's so much better than everybody else. I don't know. I don't know. I, I
0: think he's in that moment in his career where we're he, just going to see lots of injuries. It's, mm, it's that quite likely. You know, and because w- what happens is when you age, coming back's harder. You know, Mm -hmm. even with some of this quality, you know, coming back is harder, and you tend to get more injured just because you come back harder. You know, like it's this Mm -hmm. kind of loop you get in. Now he's going to have the best people around him, so don't be wrong. I'm sure he's getting the best advice and making the best plans. I think we may have seen the last of him. Yeah, and I love him turn up, and and, you know, but that's another twelve months away.
1: Yeah, similar to Brownlee. You know, he's up and down like a yo-yo, but that performance that he did recently—it's like, oh. Right, you still got it. Uh, the other one that I was—I've uh, asked a couple of people. I said, "I wonder if they'll give Lucy Charles Barkley a um, a wild card for Kona if she, if she wants to go." And then I realised that she's actually has already qualified because she won seventy point three worlds last year. So she is on the start list for Kona, whether she turns up or not—absolutely no idea.
0: He's forty-two next year. He'll be forty.
1: Mark my words, Bevan—he'll take it out.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we've seen the last of him. But don't get me wrong—I'd love to see him come back and. and... But I just I don't know 42 42 no nah. when did 45. Alexander lose the speed?
1: Um He, he gave is. up about
0: thirty eight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Frodo's next level to, to Crowy. Yeah, yeah, he is. Frodo's a goat. No, he's not. He's <laughs> extremely good.
1: He's the greatest of his generation. <laughs> what, what would that be?
0: What was it? Uh, greatest of H-S- his H-S-, HS Gogs. Yeah, because it can be Gogs. He's <laughs> Networks for both Gone. for both sexes as well. Yeah. Okay. Um any, there's no, okay coming up, what's coming up? Not much coming up this weekend.
1: We're getting ready starting to build towards the Dallas PTO race, and that's going to be awesome. I've uh, because I think a lot of people are using it for their sort of Kona prep. So it's gonna be awesome in a few weeks' time. Uh this weekend there's the icon extreme in Italy. You've got the Janux Extreme in Slovakia and the Austria try petersdorf I, I may have mentioned this race before but this uh icon Livingo extreme triathlon in italy you saw in 3.8 k at the highest elevations um in any of the world extreme triathlons the bike ride is 195 k's you go over the highest pass in the world so you go over the um well, the highest triathlon pass in the world you go over stelvio in italy which is just epic uh and then you run a 42k run with a big hill at the end Looks like a cool one. I'd be quite keen to do that. 5,000 metres of elevation on the bike. It looks awesome.
0: We had the World Cup in Bergen last weekend with the Norwegians racing. So what happened there, Pajobo? Yes, yeah, so you got to think, this is a week
1: after the Collins Cup. Collins Cup. I only watched the finish. I haven't actually watched the race yet. Um, but basically... It was a good field. It's a World Cup field. It's a good field. Second Second tier. Uh, but Christian Blumenfeld, a week after the Collins Cup, which is a you know, week after you know, he's been doing a lot of racing, uh, was still competitive. Came down to a sprint finish with him and, and Darian Connix, who is a really good ITU athlete. And so Blumenfeld's still you know, pretty reasonable over the old uh, sprint distance. And the Norwegians... How far are they running? Uh, 5K. Jeez. And uh, there's another Norwegian coming through, Thorn bergs And he, uh, he was right behind them as well. He didn't look like... He's one of those guys... You look at him going, how are you running that fast? You really don't look that good. And yet, you know, he's running a 14.48 for 5K. Pretty solid. I haven't watched the women's race yet, but it was uh, apparently it was a pretty epic sprint finish um, between Tilda Manson, who is only 2004, so she's only 18, and she's winning a race. Jeez. Again, Jolien Valmaher and Kate Waugh from... When was the last one? i had
0: a bad result. Yeah, very, very rarely. Like I know in the Canadian Open, he cramped for a little bit, but you wouldn't say it's a paper. So he got second or third, mm. did he? No, second, second. Yeah, um, he's he's just he's an arguably one of the greatest triathlon moments. Of All time,
1: one of the probably the best year of anybody. Best 12 month period.
0: Yeah. Eh? Um,
1: this weekend, you got Super League is back in action. It's now what they're struggling a bit with is a bit like the PTO getting the people there, getting the athletes there. So yeah. the field is a bit watered down again this year, um, which is a, which is it's a real it, shame. That's partly because the racing's so hard and there's just so much racing on. Yeah, um, pre, one the good thing about COVID, there was so little racing when there was a race on. Everyone was rocking up yeah. and, and doing it.
0: Yeah, we definitely <laughs> see way diluted fields now, aren't we? Yeah,
1: so Alex Yee originally wasn't down. He's not down for the series, but he's been awarded a wild card for this weekend. you got a few out with injuries like Learmonth, Vincent Louis, Cassandra Bogrounds coming and going. You haven't got um, uh, Flora there. So it, I'm sure it'll be, still be a great spectacle, but I reckon you'll see just Hayden Wild and um, Alex Yee probably crush it a bit this weekend in London. Uh, the last race is in this place called Neon which is in the Saudi which is the, it's a city they're building in Saudi, which is just oh, off saw this. the charts. It's just bizarre. And I, I don't even know how built it actually's been, but there's gotta be some dodgy money passing hands <laughs> to get to <laughs> go there. Um whether you like it or not, it's ah, like, oh, it's, it's good. It certainly help help the bank balance, and there's also a little bit. They've still got this team concept with the Super League this year. Um, got Bahrain victorious as uh, one of the one of the sponsors. So, I wonder if we're going to end up with you know Saudi, Bahrain, Team Qatar. Uh, what's your feeling? On. What's
0: your feeling with you know with golf right now with what's happening with the live league or oh, live league? Talking golf on a triathlon. Podcast. No, but let's be honest, kind of happens in our sport as well. Yeah, You know, the sports washing, you know, so, yeah. you know, the, the golf, you know, the film mix, and it's getting a pretty tough time. And as I look on the sideline, I think, oh, you, you know, you're taking the money and the ethics yeah. of it. But then our sports has been doing it for years.
1: And the I love the concept of it. Again, they're trying to just change things up. Yeah. And, and so I really like that. Mm, I don't know about all the, the, the dodgy money and stuff. I totally agree if I was bloody... 20 or something, you're going to turn down being on a, on something
0: that's going to pay you that sort of money? I think we can all sit here and be self-righteous. So it's, really, it's really hard, isn't it? Because, you know, the ethics of it, you know, let's be honest, Bahrain 13. Mm. You know, some people have argued that the Bahrain 13 was because there's a, a bad historical thing that happened. I don't know much about it, but it was called the Bahrain 13. Mm-hmm. And hence, they got 13 triathletes together to basically sports wash. Mm. So if you Google Bahrain 13, now I imagine you're probably going to get more about triathlons than... Then whatever happened in Bahrain at that time, mm. um, what's the responsibility of the athlete? Mm.
1: don't know. It's a tricky place
0: to go and do triathlon. That's
1: one thing I'll say and all Wow, that's, that's a sidestep of a very <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know. Like, as you say, if someone came to me and said, here's five million bucks to put a put a top on, mm. you know, you, you, I don't know. I'd like to think I'd say no, but... Mm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Okay, the last week's discussion we kind of talked about it, which is the Collins Cup feedback. So let's look at this week's discussion. So this week, should Ironman focus on Pulling prize money into less Ironman events so ensures that every pro gets a payday? So for example, you might have ten Ironman events a year, which are payday events, because it seems to be that every every race out there. Actually, we got an email, didn't we, from John mm. Muncie. So he's got
1: John the mentor, Muncy. I
0: uh, hope you guys are both keeping well. I have a possible subject of the week that which may generate some lively engagement. Given Ironman's general low pro purse in most races, which barely covers the cost of travel, their increased lack of competitiveness when compared to other races series like the PTO and the exorbitant cost of getting to and staying in Kona, is it now time for Ironman to abandon prize purses at full distance races except for regional championships and use this money to cover qualifying athletes' travel and lodging costs in order to get the race in Kona? Ironman is uh, the leverage to negotiate um, preferential lodging and flight costs if it wants to, and I believe that this could be an incentive for athletes to continue to support Ironman when Ironman is not supporting them. If not, then I believe that the World Championships in Kona will effectively die as why would any athlete outside of the top 10 bother to spend the minimum 10k simply to stay in Kona or in Hawaii, fully knowing that their best day, they're not likely to make some money.
1: So yeah, so should Ironman focus on pulling prize money into less Ironman events um, than ensuring that pros get a paycheck in Kona? So everyone in Kona gets a paycheck or you get some sort of bonus to be there because that we're in an affluent sport. For age groupers to go to Kona this year is astronomically expensive. Mm. For pros who aren't going to make any money, don't make, hardly make anything. If you're, you know, as, as you said, sort of ranked twenty to forty, yeah, a lot of money out of pocket, or you're going to go and sleep on the streets. So he's kind of saying
0: basically, regional champs and Kona is the only place you're going to make money.
1: Yeah, you go, you know, the big, you know, have the big four again, or you know, five races or whatever it is. Big money there, and then if you qualify for Kona, you, you get you're basically getting guaranteed. And they'll be
0: the only places you could qualify as well. Mm, yeah, see some great racing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, we're, the the, the calendar is getting pretty. There's lots of options for athletes now, and yeah. some good paying options. Okay, John's quiz question. How many WTS races has Blumenfeld won? Well, everyone thinks he is the bee's knees at the
1: minute, and he is absolutely not. I reckon the way it.
0: you're saying this is it's not many. <laughs> because <laughs> what you just said then was a little bit revealing. How many races I has Christian know. Blumenfeld you know won the on the WTS? I've got a pretty good idea. Okay, we've got a great interview coming up. This is with Dan, how does you say his last name? Eisenhardt. Eisenhardt, and he's the CEO of Form. I love this interview. You guys are going to enjoy it. Here he is right now.
1: Okay, team. Uh, so today we have got Dan Eisenhart from Form Goals. He's the CEO and founder, uh, also a top swimmer from what I believe. So welcome along to the show, Dan.
2: Thank you very much. And I just have one correction there. I, I used to be maybe a good swimmer, but it's, it's, I think it's hard to say I'm a, I'm a top swimmer, but uh, I definitely enjoy swimming.
0: What, what, what level, okay, what level kind of swimmer did you get to?
2: Well, I was a competitive swimmer throughout, you know, I guess my, my childhood up until I was in my early 20s. And I had a year of swimming in the U.S. as well at college yeah. level, uh, but no sort of big sort of no Olympics.
1: Okay. So. <laughs> what, was your, what was your stroke and your, your distance? Because triathletes are notoriously not the strongest swimmers, a lot of them. So what, what, give us your times. What, what was your, your quickest time and, and your best stroke?
2: So I was about a 16-minute mile and that was my, um, my best event back then. Yeah. And this was the, I guess, would have been the early 90s, early to mid 90s. Um, and um, and then I'd started doing shorter distances as well. So 400 and 200, swimming less than 200 meters, I think was hard for me. I was never a sprinter, but I was a, I think I was a 154 on the 200 and about a four minutes on the 400. Nice.
0: That's yep. what I call it. good swimming. Yeah. Very good
1: summer. Very nice. <laughs> So have you seen swimming change much since your days? Because I imagine um, back when you were swimming, it was twice a day, you know, five to eight k's a day. Have you seen um, swimming change much since then? Or do you think by and large, it's still still the same?
2: I, I think it has actually changed a bit, especially for the longer distance swimmers. Back then, we were just, you know, swimming twice a day and going for runs in between. And we had maybe one practice off a week. At least when I was training in college, that's how it was. It was was just about having as many meters as possible under your belt. Mm. And there wasn't so much focus, I think, on training smart. I think nutrition especially. I remember even going to meets when I was swimming in Florida. We would stop uh, by the McDonald's just before the the swim meet, and we'd all be eating like Big Macs before jumping (laughs) in the water. And nobody even questioned that back then. That sort of tells you about nutrition. I never even had any kind of Gatorade. Um, mm. uh, and, and you know, when I was swimming, when I was training, and this was outdoors, and again in Florida, but it was you know 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So, yeah, lots has happened there in terms of training smarter. Uh, I think doing more with weights as well, uh, also training smarter in the weight room, flexibility training, and just all around understanding the body and the mind a bit better. I Which
0: is really fascinating because, how old are you, Dan? I'm 47 it's only 20 years ago, isn't it? 25 years ago, you know, like it's yeah. amazing how much things have evolved in the knowledge in a very short period of time, really, isn't it? It is interesting. I think it's
2: all these disciplines that have come, you know, they, there's been a lot of developments in each of these disciplines, and then you've had new technology platforms and wearables and just general increased sort of knowledge and, and awareness uh, around health and, and lifestyle and, and performance. Um, that sort of brought, I think, a lot of, of sports uh, forward and, and swimming is definitely not an exception there.
1: So to, I want, I'm keen to ask you a little bit about your first um, startup you did. It was a, an eyewear product I was, I was showing no, okay. just before and I thought this this is fascinating and, and I haven't really seen, I know there's probably some products out there like that now, but tell us a little bit about your first first product that you came out with before, before Form Goggles.
2: <laughs> yeah, so... So this came about during my mba back in i think it was 2006. i was in australia doing my mba there and i had the opportunity to go on an exchange program and uh, i ended up going to vancouver in canada british columbia mostly because i wanted to go skiing and i thought it would be really cool as well to live in canada for for a few months um and then uh, i took an entrepreneurship course and on that course we had to come up with and pitch an idea in class that we were passionate about i was always a swimmer so i pitched this idea for a swimming goggle with a heads up display and we formed a group together and it was kind of novel in those days because the smartphone i mean the iphone hadn't even launched yet and a lot of this wasn't even possible so it was more like a dream i just voiced and got some good people uh together to form a group but we've quickly found out that it was too hard to do the swimming goggle and uh <laughs> we we saw some patterns we didn't really know too much about you know ip and all that stuff but we we thought this would look too scary we ended up um Uh, redoing or rethinking it uh, and and putting it in um, a display inside of a ski goggle. okay and then we could see you know when you're skiing you have ski goggles are much bigger they're roomier they're expensive and we thought okay those customers they would definitely want to display so they didn't have to take off their gloves on the slippery slopes and they could see all the information they needed and so we ended up building that actually and launching a company and ended up Mm -hmm. going into sunglasses as well for cycling and running and that's probably what you (laughs) you saw there and this was You know, this was a long time ago. We launched our first product there for skiing in 2010. Oh, wow. So before Google Glass even came out with their stuff, right? This was early days.
0: Mm. And and were they popular?
2: They were popular. I mean, it took a while. Mostly people just thought, what is this? Why would I need a display in the goggles and then Mm. in the ski goggles? And then they saw the practical implications of how useful it actually was. And uh, we sold, I think we sold around 80,000, 75,000 units over those years and ended up, uh, you know, we partnered with Oakley and Smith and UVic, all the big IRA companies in that space and became actually the Intel inside of the the action sports industry. And then Intel purchased us, funny enough. Oh, really? uh, In 2015. Um, But for other reasons, they wanted to use us for leading sort of the, the new sort of the next generation, I guess, mobile
0: computing or hands-free computing that they thought was just around the corner. So what was it like at that time, you know, you develop a product and John was telling me that they kind of didn't really continue on with the product line you had. They obviously used the resource and the, the intellect and maybe some patents and stuff. So um, what's it like? You build a business, you know, you're obviously selling it's probably one of the goals because that's where you make your money. But at the end of the day, you've still kind of put your heart and soul into something and for them to discontinue the line. What was that like? <laughs>
2: yeah, I think... I, I promised myself since I'd never do that again. i have made sure that if we ever sold, if we ever sold another business, then it would definitely be to, uh, I guess, um, a buyer that would be able to take uh, continue like what mm. we had built. Uh, mm. I think this was a bit of a special case because it was too early. We were just way too early, okay. and we were still sort of pioneering. Uh, we were pioneers in the technology space, mm. but I think we were too far away from mainstream that it was probably the right decision from a business perspective, perspective, for Intel to do what they did and uh, and sort of use the building blocks instead and our, our knowledge to try and, and go for the, sort of the big win, mm. which, of course, also was too early. But, um, yeah, emotionally, it was obviously difficult, and I still get LinkedIn messages from uh, old Recon Instruments mm-hmm. customers that wow. ask me, uh, can I just uh, update my app, or I can't connect my goggles <laughs> to my app, but I can't ski without them, and I just want to help them so bad, but I, yeah. you know, Intel mm-hmm. owns that now.
1: Wow. So how long did, it, you said initially the technology was not there for the goggles, obviously it's there now, how long was that sort of space between um, recon and, and being able to you know, fit what you basically did with the goggles and the glasses into a um, pair of swimming goggles?
0: And also, did, was there a restriction on trade? Was there a time period you had to sit around away before you could actually develop something like this? No,
2: there actually wasn't, normally there would be, but uh, that was one of the things that I successfully negotiated into the deal that okay. I owned the swimming IP because that was never part of what we yep. ended up doing at okay. the company. So I was lucky in that sense uh, yeah. to be able to, to get that in writing. Um, and Intel is, is a really a cool company. I was a, don't get me wrong, I had amazing experience there and learnings from that company. You know, a lot of that I've taken into my new company here. Um, so, and they were very uh, cool about you know, entrepreneurship for you know especially people or companies that they had purchased uh, the entrepreneurs that they knew they couldn't sort of restrict too much but still it yes. was you know it was the legal sort of the paperwork is definitely done in, in the correct way but in terms of, of the question around the time period so thinking about this was 2006 where I did that pitch where we thought okay swimming it was too hard too hard to do it at, and with that form factor was very miniature and waterproof and at the price point And and then we sold the company Recon to to Intel in 2015. That's what—that nine years later. And then I started Form in 2016. So a decade later, it took before everything I thought I caught up, and I had the domain expertise. We had a team that had done it before, and I knew a lot of people that didn't go into uh, come with the transaction uh, in terms of selling to Intel. I could I could hire them and get and use their expertise for this new venture.
1: And, and what were the main challenges you had to overcome? You said waterproofing um, and just, yeah, what, what were the main things you had to, to, to overcome to get the product to, to be safe in the water?
2: Yeah, so all those things are really hard. But I think for us, for me personally, I knew that I, I had to be able to uh, get it over the finish line with a pair of goggles that had a see-through display. And mm. uh, so that was sort of number one uh, because at Recon Instruments back then it was an opaque display and there was plenty of room in a pair of ski goggles where you could glance mm. down and see the display. Didn't have to change focus or anything. It was right there in focus all the time and a nice big screen. But, but I really wanted it to be completely unobtrusive and just like seamlessly merge with your reality. Mm. And, uh, and, and so that was, that was from a technical perspective, something we wanted to do. And I guess you can always do that. It's it, it just a matter of cost and size and trade-offs. Mm. And for me... I didn't want to offer a pair of swimming goggles that were a thousand bucks or even mm. five hundred bucks. I was sort of stuck on one ninety-nine as the initial price, and then we always knew there was going to be sort of a content piece that was going to come later that we were going to charge for. But but still, that was kind of so that means you have to produce the goggles for for a bit lower than that, and that mm. that makes it really hard because now you have to be laser sharp on your value proposition, what you want, what is important to deliver, and what is sort of just looks good but might not be valued as much. Mm. So that. Yeah, that was a challenge.
0: What what, 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 what were the toughest decisions you had to face through processing that? Like, what were some of the harder things that you had to maybe compromise or what did you fight for really hard in in, in that kind of process?
2: Yeah, so when we, so again, at my previous company, it was all full-color, high-definition, displays because we had that opaque think like a little monitor that you're sticking into the corner of your eyes there and in swimming you can't do this there's no space swimming goggles are so tiny Mm. and we wanted to have a see-through display that was low power um and and where the display that we could use in that system was not going to break the bank
1: Mm. so that
2: meant that we had to compromise on well maybe we weren't going to have full color maybe the resolution wasn't going to be the high resolution that you would typically have if you have sort of have to show multimedia things. Uh, uh, so we connected to you know, GoPro cameras and you could show like detailed resort maps in, in the goggles. And that mm-hmm. required quite a bit of resolution there. And, and then, but you're not going to be consuming that kind of information underwater. So yeah. this comes back to my previous point that there's no room for sort of over engineering, mm-hmm. part because the cost, of course, are, is going to be bulk and battery life and dollars to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to adopt it, the, the solution. So that's so you have to kind of live with something where you initially think, think, well, you know, this is not as as cool as what I had before. But then, does it solve the problem for you? Does it give you the information you need without the trade-offs? And the answer is yes. Then you,
0: of course, do it. With a a product like this, I imagine you put a lot of time and investment in it. And it does seem like a pretty obvious good fit. But how much research do you do actually before you take that first step forward? You know, like, do you kind of just go on, we've had a history of doing well in this area and we think there's a big market for it. Or do you actually do some research before you actually start investing time and money into it?
2: So as an entrepreneur, you always start with like you have something in your gut and there's something you really want to do. And it's typically something you're passionate about. Yeah. So you may see the world in a more positive light because you kind of want to have customers. And, and it's often like that. And certainly I think most founders in, in disruptive sort of categories, new technologies, they do have to come up, paint a picture that may be a bit rosy because mm. it depends on some assumptions about the future that maybe not all agree about, mm. but you know sometimes it happens or 10 yeah. X, what, what the entrepreneur thought. And for, for me, definitely with the swimming application, it came from this notion that of course I was passionate about it, but also I, it was very clear to me that there was sort of a night and day value proposition here. It's like without us or without a display in the goggles, you don't have access to information mm. with it. You can't have access to the information that you expect in other sports like running and cycling. Mm. So so it was a night and day value prop. And if you could do it, then there was going to be so, – somebody would value that. You wouldn't have to sort of uh, sell sort of the marketing fluff of, hey, this would be a nice to have incremental thing. It's disruptive. It's a 10x on the experience.
0: But, always, but I think what no, was really no. – sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, it's an easier sell because, you know, like with the Raycons – you could argue, well, people don't really mind looking at their watch when they're running or looking down when they're running. And I'm sure there is offered a bit of more than just the, the stats. I'm sure it offered a lot more than that. Yeah. But in some ways, you know, as you say, you you don't have that option when you're swimming. And in some ways it's an easier sell than maybe what the Recon's were.
2: That's exactly right. I mean, that was actually the conclusion that I also came to at Recon. And, uh, remember, this whole idea started off with swimming goggles. We had to pivot <laughs> before we even had a company during the school project there into ski goggles and then cycling sunglasses. And so so I always felt that coming back to the original idea was the right thing to do, which is why mm. I decided to do that with my time after selling to Intel. And we can talk about, well, what can you do to your point to actually use the new UI to make that old experience or that that activity more compelling and where you can mm. actually make it into a, a, a sort of a night and day value mm. proposition. Mm. Uh, there, are, there are things that could basically ignite that. I think that 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 trade off. Uh, but I think for me, um, the biggest surprise was this. Uh, I guess I just hadn't looked into it properly, but the biggest surprise was how big the swimming market actually was. Oh, really? And I, you know, I looked into it and, and then it turned out that there was 240 million active pool swimmers in the world. Wow. And I was like, oh, that that can't be true. And I looked in the US and there's 27 million active pool swimmers in the US and a third of them swim more than once a week. I was like, that's that's a decent, that's a large market. Yeah. So when I was starting to unpack all this, I realized that this was sort of a bit of a gem so that whoever could basically come up with the technology and the IP and protect that IP in swimming would be able to capture a very large market if executed correctly. And that's Mm kind of how I actually got investors on board and grew the company fairly quickly from launching it in August 2019 and up until today.
1: Hmm. I imagine one of the big challenges was the size of the um, processor or whatever you want to call it on the side of the goggles. So for people that haven't swum in, in these goggles before, haven't even seen them, you know, it's a standard pair of goggles and then on, on the right side or you can have it on whichever side you like, is obviously a little sort of processor or computer. How big a challenge was it to get that small enough so it wasn't going to be overly obtrusive?
2: You know what that's in wearables that's always a problem whether it's on the wrist or the face or the, the foot or wherever it's just when you add that technology to something that people are used to just wearing without the technology you know it's it's going to be heavier and bigger so mm-hmm. so how big can it be how heavy can it be how do you balance the weight so that it doesn't have any negative effect or at least minimizes the negative effect and when you're in water it's a medium that's 800 times more dense than air Of course, if you have any kind of drag, it's going to be exacerbated. Hmm. And and so looking at different ways of putting uh, where to put the computer, how to have uh, to design the shape of the computer so that you can minimize that drag. Of course, it's something we were playing around with in the pool just with 3D uh, 3D printed models early on. Also, just to test for face fit, because if you don't, Hmm. if people aren't wearing your goggles, then it's not really, it's not a wearable. And then it doesn't matter how well you are. In sort of optics and and detecting uh, the, the different events in the pool uh, if people aren't going to wear them so yeah it, it's extremely important and, it, and to, to sort of answer it it's just trial and error you mm-hmm. have some assumptions some hypotheses you test them out you cat design you 3d print and you just go take them to the pool and you mm-hmm. see uh, what i would do is simply i would just swim sprint with fins on and i yeah. would try swim butterfly i would jump in from the block i would do all kinds of things and then if I had a, a feeling that this wasn't gonna work, then I'd get other people to do the same thing. And then we kind of come back and say, well, is there something we can do? Maybe a different eye seal, more strap tension and so forth.
0: And how many prototypes was there before you actually got to what, what's on the market?
2: Oh, man, lots and lots. Of course, it's expensive as well, just the yeah. 3D print. There's a lot that we would print and not even use. Okay. Uh, also, using 3D printed goggles is hard because you can't see through. Okay. Them. Uh, and so we had to, to cut off sort of the lens part and put in a piece of glass and glue it and wait for that glue to cure. <laughs> and it was it, so it was pretty basic. Um, but there must have been hundreds of prototypes uh, before we got to the right one.
1: How do they actually work? Because um, for people, again, people who haven't swum them. It's basically, you know, like your your watch is in your eye. and you, you will have heard me talk about it in the past in the show. How does it actually work as an, an accelerometer, or you know, how do you actually gather the data? Yes,
2: yeah, so we have a accelerometer and gyroscope, and, and also magnetometer, actually, so-called nine-axis sensor that's sitting there inside the goggles, and this will detect all kinds of uh, of, of accelerations. Um, both linear and angular. So it'll basically be able to detect where you are in space, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, and then we use a, a computer to make sense of those signals. And we use machine learning or have used machine learning and continue to improve and tweak. We use that to, um, to basically uh, detect uh, you know, what stroke type you're swimming and when you're turning and if you're doing a false turn or you know, all those things uh, with very high probability something that would be very hard to do with standard code where you would have to account for a million different corner cases and every mm-hmm. time there's a new event you'd have to code that Well, with machine learning you have this really smart computer layer that can guess with a very high degree of accuracy uh, it's not 100% but you can get very close of course the more data you you, co- you collect uh, you know the more accurate it's going to be
1: yeah I, I find it fascinating that it- Almost without fail. I don't think I've been able to trick it yet. In terms of doing like medleys and things like that, it always knows what stroke you're swimming when you download it to the app. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's quite cool, isn't
2: it? Yeah, no. It's we were very happy with that. It took a long time, years as well. I mean, talk about iterating on the goggles uh, to get the right fit. But in parallel, we were working on uh, on the uh, on the data from the sensor. We were video recording and then time stamping and comparing those video recordings with the sensor output files. And then we were trying different neural networks or different uh, machine learning uh, frameworks to see which one was the most accurate and tweaking parameters as we went along. So that's really something that just it just takes some time before you get to just a basic level of accuracy. And then you kind of build on from there.
1: What, what would you say is your level of accuracy in terms of um, if someone's going to pool and they're doing five by 200s um, or whatever, whatever set they're going to do. How, how close have you got the, the accuracy? Because it seems to be pretty much bang on for me. Um, but how, how close does your stats tell you?
2: Well, I can't, I can't disclose the exact numbers yet because I actually have a paper coming out on that in hopefully ah. a few months that I'm publishing. Uh, so I've embarked on a PhD in, uh, in in biomedical engineering. This is the first paper, but uh, it's very accurate. I can I can tell mm-hmm. you that, on, uh, on distance and stroke type, it's higher than 99% wow. mm. uh, in terms of being able to detect accurately how far you've gone in the pool and also the, 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 the stroke type is very, very accurate. And then uh, also very accurate on all the other metrics. Uh, but we're still computing and compiling all the data here and I'm gonna have to wait with the final answer on, on the accuracy until uh, until we've published that. But it's, it is as you probably uh, noticed as well, it's rare that you have something that, that you have you see a mistake there. And, of course, there's some learned behavior in the pool in terms of if you're very unrestful while resting, then sometimes, huh. sometimes it can trigger. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just have to wait, and then it resets. So stuff like that, usually it's, it's, it's user behavior that ends up being the reason for, for yeah. a mistake.
1: Nice um and the only other sort of area i was going to touch on that i haven't actually tried yet so um is open water swimming um i know you can do i think with a polar watch at the moment and i assume it's just working off the the gps of the 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 watch um what's sort of the future looking like in terms of whether you need to be wearing a watch and and whether the gps device can be within the goggles so where do we see that going
2: Yeah, that's a good question. We hear that a lot from triathletes. And obviously, it's not something I can disclose exactly what we're doing in that space. Um, Mm. What I can say is I find it's really compelling to continue to innovate with machine learning and see how much you can actually do, how accurate you can get with machine learning and whether that ends up being a combination of using machine learning with GPS where you get a much smoother, much more accurate, Mm. I guess, experience than what you traditionally see with like a Garmin or an Apple Watch or any GPS when you're swimming. Uh, That's something that I would love to... To, uh research further um, mm-hmm. but we are triathletes are a very important customer to us um, and um and sort of they the, the these users understand uh, technology, mm-hmm. technology are used to using technology and the feedback we get is very precise as well so we get a lot of good ideas and we're chewing through all those ideas and then based on what's most important for the business and our Uh, scarce resources we then make decisions on the best that we want to make Mm. Um, Mm. and so that's kind of what I can reveal is what's going on inside and open water is exciting to all of us Mm. so um, you will see more innovation uh, with open water for sure
1: excellent Um, anything else you want to sort of share I mean you've recently just launched the um the sort of workout builder, which I really like, especially from a coaching point of view. So, coaches can now go in there and, and build workouts and send them to, to athletes or just build them for yourself. And it's a really nice, easy, seamless process using the app. Um, and the app's fantastic. But, anything else you want to get out there or or areas that, you know, triathletes often comment to you, you know, given that a lot of people listening to this podcast probably haven't had tried the goggles before. So, what are what sort of some of the feedback you get or, or anything else you want to get out there?
2: Do you know what it was? A, it was a top requested feature from all around the world was can I build my own workouts? Oh, and really? uh, so we we knew that we had to build this and we had planned to build it at some point, but I think we fast-tracked it. Um, we realized that a lot of people love just going into a workout library. We've got over a thousand workouts or or they can pick one of our plans and you just click it, download it, and off you go. But there were also a lot of people that had a coach, for example, where they got the workouts from the coach. or mm-hmm. well, they've been... Competitive swimmers, uh, maybe in high school or college, and they just wanted to do their own workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were others that were using our workouts, but just wanted to tweak something, to go in and edit just a, one bit and you know, do an extra round of the main set or whatever. So it was very clear to us. We had to build it, and we released it. Uh, you know, in the first week here, we had a thousand workouts already made. Wow! At just the first week on uh, on this on this custom workout builder. That's just the first week. So I think we'll see. You know, eventually hundreds of thousands of, of workouts uh, made um, uh, by our users and by our coaches or the coaches yeah. that, you know, are coaching, our, you know, athletes. Um, so I, I think personally coming from the sort of the competitors from background and then becoming a, a triathlete or albeit a, a novice triathlete is that I really love the, being able to create my own workouts and tweak the workouts. And you can name them and then you see them in the feed. So we already see lots of funny names uh, in the feed because people have put their own personal touch to it so I also think from a community perspective it's something that's very impactful uh, it's sort of the creator kind of mindset right which of course is uh, something that's a big trend as well in this world today.
0: Just, just lastly um, obviously wearables and, and it seems like augmented reality it seems to be that the future maybe more so than VR well it depends who you kind of listen to but what's your thoughts moving forward in that area?
2: I, in terms of augmented reality, yeah, kind just, of what I, in this
0: kind of space, you know, obviously in the wearables and, and you know, where were we, what do you see 10 years from now looking like?
2: So I've always said um, that I think augmented reality is going to change our world. I just also said that it was going to take time yeah. just because I've been sort of inside the, the engineering matrix and all the constraints there that are associated with augmented reality for now yeah. a long time. You know, uh, so this yeah, this goes back to really you know, 2006, the first time we looked at this. And um, I've launched, you know, maybe six or seven products in the space. Um, and I, I mean, it, it always comes down to this notion of, of the vanity aspect of wearing something on your face. It's the most precious piece of real estate we mm-hmm. have. right? It's right there on our eyes. So and a lot of people don't wear eyewear. And then if you do, if you if you are forced to wear eyewear, then the benefits have to be have to far outweigh. negatives of actually wearing something and and so that makes it really hard. You have to you have to make it very lightweight. It has to be fashionable. It has to work all day. It has to also not you know cost thousands of bucks. Mm -hmm. And it has to be intelligent and know when to interrupt you and when to stay quiet. But you also cannot there's privacy concerns. So you can't walk around, you know, we saw that with Google Glass and the and the camera and the microphone and and so the interface is the hands-free interface you know you're talking to yourself uh, of course that's fine when you're alone but so the, there's a lot of sort of various parts of the tech stack that are still not mature enough to become that mainstream replacement or Again. augmentation of the smartphone yeah. but it is happening and i don't think we're that far away i mean end of this decade for sure i think we'll all be having um, walking around at times with a pair of glasses that have full immersive augmented reality where they can base, basically become this extra intelligent layer that assists you in, 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 data, in everyday decisions.
0: blowing, isn't it?
1: Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Oh, no, I love the product. Um, as I say, I'm wearing it yeah, twice a week when I'm in the pool, and uh, most days it's telling me good things. Some days, like today, <laughs> not so good, <laughs> but it's always nice and accurate. So, Dan, appreciate your time, and keep up the good work with Form Goggles.
2: Thanks a lot for having me on and for your support. Yeah.
1: Thanks, mate. Jumbo, your thoughts? It's really good. I, as I said a couple of times in the interview, I wear the goggles. Uh, enjoy, really enjoy having the, the, the stats there
0: and. Okay, yeah, it's a game changer. Hmm. You know, again, I've talked about this a lot, but if I was swimming now, I'd be getting these because hmm. I sucked at swimming by myself. I hmm. uh, form goggles, is we get the goggles. Uh, seriously them out do we have a discount
1: yep I am uh, am 15 for $15 off and when you sign up you're part of their program you get access to all those workouts Um, they've got thousands of workouts in there as we discussed with Dan you can build your own workouts and it'll basically step step you through there or you can just wear the goggles and um,
0: just do your your standard workout and it'll give you all your data on the fly okay website of the week okay we've got um, obstry.com slash fantasy so someone's studying a fantasy league again Oh, it was interesting. Collins Cup didn't do it this year.
1: And this is what this is the thing. That, that's why I had my big spreadsheet. The youth that thought yeah. that I filled everybody's names in, which I didn't. And that was pretty rubbish because it was just the picks. Whereas um, Nadi McLaren posted on our. This guy Facebook actually emailed page. us. Sorry. He emailed us. Oh really?
0: Yeah, but it was after we pre-recorded. Oh,
1: okay. So, yeah. Um, anyway, it looks like they're doing it for for other races as well. So you go to obstry. dot com uh, slash fantasy and doing, whoever it is is doing a fantastic job. They've got the the USPTO Open coming up in Kona and the seventy point three Worlds once they're all listed. Uh, and you basically pick your pick your um, pick your athletes and they've got a point system in place that's um, really good. And I just like the look of it. So. I'm getting on this for the for the next uh, for the just for the big races. You know, when you have the second or third tier races, yeah. it's, bit, it's probably not that interesting. But the big, when the big guns coming out, it's um, it's all good. So check out obstry slash fantasy, and we'll probably give it a plug before the US Open and again before Kona, and we'll do our picks and see how we all go. Oh, and I was gonna give where are we going? rankings. Some guy just absolutely annihilated In the Kona's Cup. Yeah, this guy Antoine Derry. Uh, he like picked just about every bloody race correct he got every race right except for the first one he must have picked um, he picked Duffy and Reef uh, he picked Duffy Reef True so he got that one wrong and then the other one he got wrong was he had uh, Jackson Laundry finishing in front of Matt Hanson um, and they were the other way around other than that 100% so That's hats, pretty off good. To, hats off to Antoine Derry Jesus,
0: eh? That's pretty impressive stuff. Okay, John, let's go to winger of the week. Okay, have you done your research this week or, or we're just pulling or, a number?
1: I haven't. I haven't.
0: Okay, let's say yeah, we, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a number again, then we're going old school. Old school. I'll say and even
1: if the they've got a swim bike run, if they've got a private profile, we'll give them the love.
0: Okay, I'm gonna say number from last week. Last week I'm gonna say thirty five.
1: 35. Glenn O. Glenn. That might be Glenn Osmond. One of our past epic campers did 12 activities, uh, four hours, 45 swimming, nine hours, 47 bike. got COVID, bike. photo shows the COVID. <laughs> Three hours, 48 running for 18 hours and 22 minutes.
0: Well, he's doing big volume at the moment. He must be racing because you look at his volume. It's, it's, it's kind of December, October was pretty poor, Sharpening up. Yeah. Kind of picked up in January. No, it's
1: Glenn a, Olsen, not Glenn Osman.
0: Uh, but then yes. the last
1: two months, he's on fire. But Glenn, he's been on a, few, a couple of epic camps. Uh, he's a solid unit. He crushes it on the bike.
0: Yeah, in, don't in know what goes? he's
1: getting ready, ready for, but he is uh, he is good to go. So, where's Glenn from again? He's he is is from, from France.
0: France. Chamonix. Chamonix? No, it's not
1: Glenn Osmond. It's Glenn, it's Glenn Osmond, not Glenn. And I'm pretty oh, sure we Glenn had It's Glenn Look at the photo. You Surely yeah, you can tell. Yeah, and he's, he's uh, over in Chamonix in France. We had two Glens on our last year at camp. That's why I was getting confused. I'm pretty sure we had him as a, this week... Yeah, he's uh, Glenn Osmond, the red bean machine. The
0: red bean? Oh, the, 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 the one we said earlier. Yeah. Like, good to go the chances?
1: <laughs> it's funny story about him. We went bike to Andorra. We had this massive day to Andorra, and Andorra is a funny old place. It's uh, So it's between France and Germany, and we had a massive day. It was absolutely beautiful baking hot and it was a really long climb, you've got to go through all the way through Andorra and we were staying on the other side and it was, it was a long day, we got in pretty late and we'd all gone down, had dinner and, uh, and he was like where's Glenn, he was still out there but he'd told the support crew ages ago to carry on and he rolled in and the sun was going down, I was actually rooming with him that night and he rolled in I reckon probably about 8.30 and we probably left at 6.30 Why? in the morning, he just blew to pieces oh, okay. But he was determined to just keep going and make it. And uh, he pulled it to the rim. He just lay on his bed in his cycling clothing. I had to go downstairs to get him some food and just try to <laughs> nurse him back. He was back into it the next day. But it that was, like you was at the end of road. A big day. That <laughs> yeah. time you'd
0: have wrote. When you, you, you had a great race, but you mm. on that bench afterwards. Yeah. You were KO'd. Yeah, I was. You were not okay, in a good place. A bit, a bit more of that action next year as well. <laughs> okay, uh, quiz question answer. So Blumenfeld. So I, I I'm going to say five. I'm going to say it's a lot less than five. Oh, really? Because the reason that there's his
1: first, I'm pretty sure. Do you give the Olympics as one? No, no. Yeah. His first win, in fact, I think it's only one. Well, um, because his first win was at the Lausanne World Champs, which was probably the last World Champs before COVID. So that was probably 2019. And then we didn't
0: really have any racing. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's one. Well, I think you're wrong. Okay. Well, it depends. So what's championship versus, so triathlon cup is a one, like, because they've got 18 wins, mm-hmm. but he's got, like, the Edmonton, was that a World Cup, or was that a, he won that one? Okay, so let's see, let's have a look. It's hard it. to decipher.
1: Okay, Edmonton, then that's, that's legit. That's a real deal. That's
0: one. He, L- uh, no, no. It's a good book, actually, Five Nights in Libson if you like it, a good drama. No, I'm that's wrong good. here.
1: Then he's won uh, Yokohama as well. Yep, yeah, gets so okay, two. two.
0: Come on, come on, give me five.
1: Uh, and then...
0: The grand final in Lausanne. That's three. Three, yeah. That's it. Pick uh, it up. Pick it yeah, up. It. Let's That's it. Uh, what, it about, the, what about the... Lausanne was his first one. Oh. Uh, what about the Montreal World Cup? World Cup. What about the European Cup?
1: No, it doesn't count.
0: What okay. about the Norwegian Cup? No, this one, three. <laughs> what did you say, one?
1: Yeah, I said one, because I was just thinking Lausanne. I'd forgotten about Edmonton, and I'd forgotten so about we, York so, as well.
0: So... Was it a real surprise he won the Olympics then?
1: Um, no, he was definitely one of the main guys. A little bit of a surprise. Yeah, a little, a little bit, but he was definitely one of the favourites. But there was probably there was a handful of, of favourites. But it's interesting because yeah. he's
0: not like a Brownlee who dominated
1: no, not at all. Not at all. He was—he's he, been competitive for a long, long time. Yep. And he, you know, you look at his career—lots of threes and twos and fives. So he was lots, lots of, of twos. Yep. he was—he's always there or thereabouts. But it took him a long time to sort of break, finally get that Lausanne win. He was always having to deal with, you know, Mario Moler You know, he was an outstanding runner. And, yeah, so he's, he hasn't won that many at, at short-course race. guy like some big, big ones. It was, it was,
0: you know, now, this year, as we were talking about earlier, this 12 months has been arguably the greatest 12 months in any triathlon history. Um, but it's funny a guy like him who, for the Olympics... Bit of a so-so athlete. Yeah. You know, won a couple of yeah. races, you know, good career. Yep. You know, a journeyman, you'd almost say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have like Moller, who was dominant forever. Mm. History member remember Bloemenfeld a lot more now, won't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, and there's, there's this last 12 months puts him well up the ladder mm-hmm. in that goat discussion we love yeah. hearing.
1: How long can he keep it rolling for? Well, how, how old is he? Uh, he's not that old. He's, I, think he's, I think he's 28. So he's, he's got a No, while he's not actually. He's, no, that's wrong. He's not that old. Is he not that old? I don't think so. Uh, world ranking 28. Born 1994, so is it 30, uh, 26. Uh, no. No, 28. Jeez, <laughs> where's my maths going? 28.
0: <laughs> well, it's officially 28. Mm. 28, 29 and 43. Match his
1: world ranking. So That's he's got a while in front of him.
0: Mm. Maybe not in short course. So he'll get through to the Paris and then he'll go a long course from there.
1: I think he just thinks he can do it all. I think he'll just get ready for Paris and he'll probably keep, I don't know. Yeah. When, when's Paris? 2024. So yeah, he's got to qualify next year. And get this. Make sure he gets the speed back. And but the he won't be 30,
0: thirty-four for what's the games after
1: that? No, he, he wouldn't think he'd go on beyond that. Is it? It's LA.
0: Brisbane, isn't it? Brisbane's thirty-two. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Wait a second. Olympics next. Olympics. Yeah. Olympics next, uh, next. Olympics. Um. So that's. Uh, I think it's the It's in America after that. Uh, where Olympics will Olympics be held?
1: Uh, twenty. What year will that be? Olympics.
0: 2028. Twenty 2028.
1: Not Madrid, is it?
0: No, it's LA. Yeah. Yeah, and then Brisbane. Can't wait for Brisbane. Mm. Oh, that's gonna be.
1: That's How, gonna, gonna get, yeah. How are we gonna get? How are gonna get a sneaky way into Brisbane from here? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. Just, Just catch a, a plane. Yeah. <laughs> what Five, do you mean? Five million dollars a flight. Would you Would you fly somewhere else and Trenton? Well, I hope to be retired there? by then. Right.
0: Thirty-two. It's ten years from now, so I'll be forty. Mm-hmm. I want to retire about fifty-five-ish. So I'll go live there for a month beforehand. Yeah. You know, it. that's that's the plan. That's that's the goal. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm Hmm was your swim set? Swim set today. Okay, I'll do that quickly because we've been going for ages. Really? Uh, swim set today, 300 warm up, two one hundred IM, 100 kick. And then the main, first main set was 3 times 500 at half Ironman pace. Uh, I was uh, getting put out the back door there. And then we did, what did we do after that? We did 6.75s drill, four one hundreds band, 12.50s doing 2 fast, 1 easy on the 60, and then 100 warm down, and I think it was 3.7 Ks. Not my greatest work.
0: John, before we talk about patrons, I was at the gym yesterday. And a guy came up to me before class, and it was kind of he was walking in kind of just about the class is going to start, mm. and I'd never seen the guy before, so I'm doing the whole hey mate, have you done this workout for me? yeah, and he just yells out, I'm Tony, don't be afraid of your dreams, Wes, uh-huh. and I, 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 kind of, I did not know what he was talking about, yeah. and then I said well, hey mate, you've done this, and I was more worried about sending him up and make sure he knew the yeah. bike and all the rest of it, and uh, and then he, he seemed like a really nice guy, he did the workout, smashed himself, and then afterwards he, said, he kind of hung around, and he said mate, I listen to you every week. Pick it up, and then it turns out he was a patron of the show. Tony, don't be afraid of your dreams, Wes. Um, really nice guy. He's basically He lives in Melbourne, he's had a, he's a pretty successful career, and he's just been back to visit his mum. He went to the All Blacks on Saturday night, a disaster. <laughs> let's not talk about that, let's not talk rugby or league <laughs> right now. I tell you, um, but it was just really nice to meet him. He says he's been listed for a long time. He's doing mm. what's the triathlon in Australia happening in a few weeks from now. Uh, there is a 70.3 on Sunshine Coast Yeah, so we're doing a sunny coast mm. uh, He's looking forward to that He's, 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 a, he's a, a, bit, a bit of grafter, mm-hmm. You know, he likes to get out And he's just going to get races done But he's just like a really nice guy You know, obviously we support our show So Tony, thank you for being a supporter of the show And it's just really nice With this kind of form of media You don't really tend to meet people mm. You know, so it's really nice to meet Tony And thanks for coming to my class, Tony You're a bloody rock star So let's say thank you to our patrons Matthew Mayhem Miller We've got Gareth Bumblebee Bridge
1: and Shane the Butler Reeves, and got to give Shane some love as well because he was out helping. He was my run director last weekend at the JD Duathlon, did an outstanding job. Uh, That's a nice guy, Shane. Yeah, going Good around guy. and, and uh, getting all my cones out and making sure everything was. uh it's nice an nice. interesting
0: study at the moment about motivational interviewing. If you've never read about motivational interviewing. Highly recommend it. It's mm. very interesting stuff. i got to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, Form goggles. They empower swimmers at
1: every level to reach their goals, whether they want the stronger, faster, swim further, or be more efficient, get lap-by-lap motivation and real-time metrics and workout instructions right in your goggles. Check them out, formswim.com. Promo code IM15 for $15 off.
0: If you want to get your email to you, just go www.imtalk.me down the bottom of the front page. Also, that's where you become a patron of the show. If you are a patron, thank you. If not, and you're thinking about it, just do it. Be like Nike and just do it. Uh, For John's coaching, coachjohnnewston.com. For his Epic Camp, epiccamp.com. What's the next one? Uh, I have got if anybody wants to do a New Zealand camp, we've got some
1: space available for that, which is in October. An awesome camp and awesome preparation for the New Zealand and Australian seasons. So get in touch
0: about that. Um, my website is bevanjamesisles.com my new book, passionaboutexercise.com It's about helping those who don't love exercise fall in love with it. Share it with the people in your world by sharing the website and it's passionaboutexercise.com exercise and other content, send it to I am talk podcast at gmail.com. Jumbo your oh, it's been a few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, so we're not talking rugby today because that's just all backs
1: suck, John. Yeah, that's enough. That's all. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Let's that's move on. Done. Yep. Um, what's what have I been up to for the last three weeks? Done a bit of running Ran a 10k uh, running race, did a bit of, of running Rode as well. Champs, uh, did a 35 40, which I was pretty stoked with. And accurate, yes, Good Well, work. it's a it's an official, I'm pretty sure it will be yep. well measured. The problem was where they do it. Oh, they do it in this road, it's in the middle of a forest in Bottle Lake Forest, it's yep. just a strip and so you end up doing four laps and the GPS is just absolutely yeah, shizer yep. and so I'm running uh, you know, I normally say, oh you laugh at all those guys that go off too quickly in the run, I just yeah. thought for this run I'm just going to c- kind of go by feel first K was like 3.22 and I was like shit that's a bit fast um, <laughs> second K was like 3.45 I was like well that's the GPS gone for the day, I'll just run by feel and yeah, it ran quite well but definitely a Positive split. I uh, got caught by a group uh, towards the end, but still, I'm pretty happy with that. It was good. 30, 35, 35, 40. Yep. So heading in the right direction. Gonna What's the goal? Well, I'll try to do a sub 17 minute park. Right? Where are you now? Um, I'm going to find out this sad day. I think I'll be knocking on the door. Knocking on the oh, door, you're I close. think. Outside of that, Bevan, just been pretty much life as normal. Just watching a bit of sport, watching a bit of Vuelta at the moment. Mm. Seeing it's just horrible when you see top athletes that are just so far past it and just gone ski. You know, you think yeah, like Venus, the dream. Uh, Serena Williams, you know, you see yeah. her playing tennis. You go, oh, that's so sad watching you just be rubbish compared to what you used uh, to. Do.
0: Does it, okay. Here's the question. Does it hurt their legacy? Oh, I think so. A little bit. I don't like, think Cr- it does.
1: Chris Froome in the cycling at the moment, like he can't even keep up with the peloton. I'm like, Oh man. Get, just. I, I don't think it work. hurts
0: their legacy. Cause I think 20 years from now, they will not looking mm. in the goats. She stayed too long. Mm. Um, but it's, it, in the moment, it seems a bit like... Oh, yeah. Maybe that's let painful. Go.
1: So, and just... In all these endurance sports, everyone's just getting younger and younger and younger. So there's a guy leading the Vuelta at the moment, which is the um, Tour of Spain. You know, it's probably... you probably say it's the third... Big tour, What's well, no, it's, it's, it's usually go, tour de France is like off the charts and then you normally go to Giro and then the Vuelta is kind okay. of third. And there's this young fella, 22, Remco Paul, and he's currently leading it. He's like an amazing cyclist. So it's not that big a surprise, but all the cyclists these days are just so young. And it used to be, you know, you'd go in there and you'd do your graft and yeah. maybe late 30s or late 20s, you'd be on fire. But these guys... So just, Why? I don't know. Is it's it just same. better training technology? And, well, it's similar in triathlon. You're seeing like Yee and, um, yeah. and Wild and stuff coming through. Yeah, but that's short it? course. Yeah, short course.
0: You yeah. know, that's not necessarily the Ironman. Mm. What's the youngest champion Ironman? Uh, we have had a
1: few. Young, well, like Sam Laidlow, he hasn't He talked a big game, but he's, he's done a few, <laughs> few good performances. <laughs> he didn't prove it. That's the no. problem. Um, yeah, I don't know who the young ones are in Ironman at the moment. No, we haven't a
0: young Ironman champ. What was the mm. young? Oh, that's a good question. The youngest Ironman World Championship winner. Hmm. Don't know. No. Mm. no. So that's about that's about it. Nothing too exciting happening, Better other be- than that first period. Mm. Oh, I went to Melbourne. Tell you mm. what, if you want to go for a holiday, go to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's a great silly holiday. Eat like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, we probably spend more money on food than anything else when we go travelling. Mm-hmm. Are you a bit like that? Oh yeah. 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 Food's good. Yeah. Food, food's good. Food's good. <laughs> food f- very insightful with your job. Yeah. Food's good. Good food's good. <laughs> Oh, we had lots of good food and then I shopped up a storm. I've gone, I've changed my policy, John. No longer a, it was always was your $20 t-shirt? $25 t-shirt policy. Yeah. And that didn't really work with inflation, but I still made it work. Yeah. I just, you know what? I looked at my wardrobe and I need I needed a whole new wardrobe, John, because mm. I haven't bought clothes in a while. And when I go shopping, I always go cheap first. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll go to an outlet mall yeah. and I want go on sale at an outlet mall. And my fashion looks a little bit like the guy who buys cheap clothes from yeah. Ali <laughs> So this time I thought, I'm not going to be cheap. And quality over quantity? Quality over quantity. Now, no, quality, like I, I bought five pair of pants because I had no mm-hmm. pants. Mm-hmm. Each about 100 to 120 so not $250 for a pair of jeans. But, mm-hmm. but, and I tell you what, turns out buying nice clothes is a good deal. There you go. Because I'm very happy with my new fashion, so that's good. Okay. And then we went to Hamilton, mm-hmm. which we loved. And then we went to a comedy show. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was brilliant. It was actually a stand-up comedy. If you get good comedians, mm-hmm. so one girl. She was absolutely genius. Um, and then uh, my daughter. So my mm-hmm. daughter is nice. really good. My daughter's a talker. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she gets that from. Worry, yeah. know, it's, hard yeah. to, it's hard to know in my family. We're so quiet and unassuming. Um, and then what else did we do? put running. Mm-hmm. It's a nice place to run as well.
1: Have you ever spent much time in Melbourne? I've, I don't think I've ever been to Melbourne. Really? Yeah, don't think so. Sure, I haven't. No, I haven't. Wow, well, why? I don't
0: know. I'd rather go to Europe. Or- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but for an easy easy week away kind of thing. Yeah. yeah it's no. a great spot to go. They've got the good tram system in the middle of the city, so it's really easy to get around. Mm-hmm. Went to a gave AFL. Mm hmm. It was a good
1: sport. So, for non-Australian or New Zealand listeners, it's Australian Football League. Yep, it's kind of Aussie rules. Is kind kind of what they call it. Kick a ball around a big circle field. (laughs) Huge following.
0: Oh, mate! And we went to like the basically what happened was we went out for dinner with a couple of friends. And we've got this mate called Greci, and Greci is like the the, the the nicest person you're ever going to meet. Mm-hmm. And if Greci you say, hey, mate, well, you might say, oh, we're thinking of going AFL game, he'll get you a ticket that night. Mm-hmm. That's Greci, and he did. So he gets us his ticket, and it was, admittedly, it was kind of like the last game of the season for two of the bottom teams. So It wasn't a big, packed stadium, but... Um, it's a really easy game to understand, mm. you know, and when some guy just <laughs> kicked the it,
1: ball to somebody else in the team. Basically, you know, kick yeah. Kick it
0: through a post. My, my, a, guy, a guy who I know, we caught up with another mate from Christchurch and he said, I don't, I don't really into sport because he, he basically said it's like putting 10 dogs together and throwing a ball in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was quite a good, good analogy. But it was, it was quite good going there. And so, oh, mate, you've got to go to Melbourne. Mm. You need to do Epic Camp Melbourne. What's cycling like? Mm. Uh, I think you can get out of town. I oh, mm. think the Man there. They did once one and done. Yeah, there was a one and done, wasn't yeah. it? Was it only once, was it?
1: Yeah. Cam Brown won it, didn't he? Uh, maybe maybe it was two. It was either one or two. Yeah, because Cam, Cam Brown had a good showdown with um Crow Crowe Yeah. And was won they did it was point to point. Maybe that his second year wasn't point to point.
0: Right, we went to St Kilda. It's a mm. beautiful beach. John, mm. take your family. Mm. Uh, you'd take your family to Gold Coast, wouldn't you? Yeah yeah family's gold coast but if you want a nice take belinda take Belinda over go see a show mm-hmm. you know take her out some nice restaurants we, we, okay best pizza i've had in my life yeah <laughs> best pizza because we did we went, melbourne domino's yeah do yeah, yeah. you know yeah <laughs> we went we went out for dinner we we lots of eating out and lots of good food but we went out one night and we went to one of those places, you know, the guys on the side of the road trying to sell you to come in? Mm-hmm. And he, we weren't buying them. So mm-hmm. we, we, we said, nah, and he, and he gave us a cold shirt. Yeah, screw you. So we went down the road and there was this kind of pizza joint. It looked kind of busy, so we went in. And there was like an Italian family. Mm-hmm. So they all had the accent. Mm-hmm. There was like 20 of them working in there. It was, it was nice, but it wasn't like a real top-end place. Mm-hmm. And, but just because they're Italian... The service was awesome, you know, right. everything about it. The pizza was delicious. Basic, you know, what's the four cheese? What do you got? A quattro fromage, Yeah, probably. And I got some salami on it. Yeah. Oh, and they gave you um, parmesan to put on top. And they gave me that much parmesan. So I put shit like, yeah. do you like parmesan? I do like parmesan. It oh. K- kills the flavor of everything else, though. No, nah, just chop, hold on. The flavor yeah. was still there. Nice. Best pizza. I can't Now, don't ask me where it was, mm. because I don't know the best pizza of my life actually go to
1: Melbourne so I'll book it in today
0: yeah. anyway let's wrap it up I'm Russ I'm
1: not Train Hard
0: Train Smart Kia yeah. Kaha